0: Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family.
1: 17, not admitted without parent. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And you guys, this is a very special commentary episode, I say, as I knock the mic, uh, punch it. Shouldn't we
2: have, like, sad music playing in the background? I mean, remember, like, you know, back when... You were younger in the 80s. Well, maybe you might not have been old enough at that point, the young whippersnapper that you are. But I seem to remember, you know, the after school specials or like it was Growing Pains. And on a very special episode of Growing Pains, Skippy gets his dick caught in a jar of peanut butter. You know, something like that, you know, where they have to talk about something really serious. Cross promotion. Well, you know. uh, (laughs) yes, it's always important. You know,
1: Skippy gets his dick stuff stuck in a jar of Jif. It's not going to work.
2: (laughs) <laughs> no we just say peanut butter wait a second you got your dick in my peanut butter you got peanut butter on my dick <laughs> two great tastes that taste great together dick and peanut butter who would have thought yeah although i'm sure there's somebody out there that has an allergy to both those things and they would probably like you know anaphylaxis yeah or something my kind of dog stuff. Gross. Okay, so anyway, um, welcome to this very special episode of Dead City Drive-In. Brandon and I are moseying on up, kind of side by side in the old Plymouth Fury, getting ready to watch a flick. What flick are we watching today, Brandon?
1: Chris, I'm so glad you asked, and because I think all of our listeners don't have the ability to read, we'll reveal this information to them right now. let's not make
2: any assumptions, okay? Let's be sensitive (laughs) Everybody is going through their own private hell, and therefore we should be very, very sensitive. We don't know what your issues are, and if you can't read, don't feel slighted for what Brandon said, okay? We're, we're sensitive, caring people, and you do you, and we will try to do the best we can to entertain you, to inform you, and not to ridicule you. You
1: guys can ridicule- cule me for this though when you said the thing like i can't read do you remember the scene in wayne's world where he does that like dramatic scene and he's like and i never learned how to read yeah and it like a scene uh, like text flashes on the screen and says oscar scene and it like flashes on when i was a kid and i saw that i thought that it was a parody of the movie oscar starring Sylvester Stallone yes
2: I know which movie you're you're talking about and I was like
1: what there's a scene in in Oscar where he breaks down and admits that he can't read huh and then I saw the movie and I was like oh I guess this is supposed to be a comedy (laughs) I didn't laugh though yeah oh no I can't believe I said that sorry Uncle John I hope you're not listening (laughs) anyway Uncle John directed that movie oh yeah yeah That was during that period for him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Listen, feel free to make fun of me for that because that was a little bit of information that nobody needed to
2: know. No. Okay. Not at all. Chris, we're watching gremlins 2 gremlins 2 the new batch oh this is the movie that comes before gremlins 3 gremlins and the crem
1: that's right uh, yeah. written by our good friend larry kasdan mm-hmm. he might come and take a seat with us tonight at some point you never know it's always a surprise here at the dead city drive-in you never know um i can't wait to watch gremlins
2: 2 with you man yeah it's this so is much gonna fun. be a fun one because I, I know how much we both adore this movie I mean, I remember when I saw this in the
1: theater. I do, too. And I think we'll get into... You know what? Let's just get into the movie. Yeah, let's
2: just do it. Okay. Just do it. Do
1: it, so do guys, it, do it. You know you, know you want to do, do it. it. Do it, do do it. This is a commentary episode, so what that means is we're going to watch the movie together. Mm-hmm. So, um, what you're going to do is you're going to get out your copy of Gremlins 2.
2: Gremlins 2.
1: Oh, and you know what? Actually, I, so I have the Blu-ray version of this Ooh, movie. you have the Blu-ray version. But there are two
2: versions of Gremlins 2 floating around. Um, Is this the one that actually has the theatrical scene, or does it have the video scene? Oh, Jesus. I feel like...
1: Okay. Well, you know what? We'll find out. Um this has this is the theatrical. Okay. Because on the back of this Blu-ray here it says alternate home video sequence. Okay. So I'm assuming that this is the theatrical version. So you guys might want to watch the theatrical version. There is a significant difference halfway through the movie yeah, that occurs. Because
2: any movie that has more Paul Bartel in it, well, it's just a better movie. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and so if you don't know who Paul, Paul Bartel is, we'll tell you later. Yeah, you'll hear all about it.
1: Yeah. Um, also, you can hear about it in our Hollywood Boulevard episode. Uh, big, uh, bad, big bad big girl, girls, big dream. No, bad girls <laughs> with big dreams. Okay, that's the name. That's in season three. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the way this works, you pull out your copy, whip um, it out, put it on, press play. Um, you can pause this if you need to to get you to the title screen. But the thing is, is as soon as you see this red concentric circles of the warner brothers presents logo the looney tunes style animated opening the second you see that you're going to press pause on the your copy then you can press play on this thing and when you hear mohawk the evil lead gremlin of gremlins 2 say "Gizmo, then you are going to press play on your copy and I'm gonna play here, and we're gonna be in sync, and we're gonna be able to watch the movie together. Sound good?
2: Yeah, that Make was sense? pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good instructions there, Brandon. Okay, I'm well, proud let's, of you. let's just jump into it. Yeah, let's jump in.
1: Okay, guys, so we'll count you in. Okay, ready? Here we go. Uh, we're gonna count down from 113. Okay, 112. 100, 100. Well, let's just skip ahead. Okay, All what right. do you want to do?
2: Uh, let's go to 47 and count. <laughs> down, okay? How
1: about we just start with three? Okay. All okay. Right. Here we go, guys. Ready? And three. Two, one. There it is. Interesting that it's a Looney Tunes
2: cartoon up front. Well, you know, it's very anarchistic. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Guys, this is going to be a tough one
1: because... I was going to
2: say, was Mel Blanc still alive for this?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this is some Chuck Jones
2: animation. Well, Chuck Jones was actually in the first Gremlins. He is! He's
1: got a cameo as Chuck, Chuck Jones! Jones. <laughs> and interestingly enough, Billy Peltzer tries to pawn off his drawing of Mrs. Deagle the <laughs> Dragon Lady, but it's clearly signed by Chuck Jones on the bottom. Yep. Stealer. Billy Peltzer, Zach Galligan, the original AI art robot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. Chris, we wanna, do you want to take the time to just tell everybody where you're at, where you're feeling right yeah, now physically? Yeah, guys. Uh, about a week ago, I actually had the plague. Not the bubonic plague, but the COVID-19 plague which actually it's my second time getting it, and I'm uh, I'm testing negative, which is why I'm here in the Plymouth Fury with Brandon, uh, but still got a bit of a cough. So Just in I case apologize. we got the windows rolled up yeah. for hotbox hot box in the car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it says Gremlins 2, the new batch. And look at this stock footage of New York City. Yeah, hey, that's boat's moving really fast. Yep, sped hey, up for that's sure. And Twin Towers. Moves. I
1: believe that this stock footage is, has been used many times in many other movies. Yeah, but if you were to listen to the Gremlins Two commentary, uh, Joe Dante will tell you all about it. Yes, the Joe Dante commentary on Gremlins Two is extremely informative. So I think we're going to do the opposite. Yeah, uh, we're just going to kind of talk about our love for this movie and our uh, our history with the Gremlins films John in general. John
2: Glover, man, I love John Glover in anything he does. Batman I- and Robin. Uh, yeah, actually, as the head of Arkham Asylum, yeah, yeah I thought he was uh, pretty good in that. What's
1: the movie where he's the bad guy? Oh, with Roy Scheider. It's the one where Roy Scheider is married to. Uh, is it Fifty Two Pickup? N- is it? I think it is Fifty Two yeah. Pickup. Yeah, he's yeah. like the yuppie bad guy. Yeah. Getty Watanabe and Ki Luke. Oh, these two guys. Um. Let's just start with our history of, uh, well, we've talked about the first Gremlins Mm -hmm. in another episode, uh, I believe, uh, Mistletoe and Mayhem, yeah, which is a season two episode, correct? Our our Christmas episode. Yeah, our Christmas special. So if you want to hear us kind of go on and on about Gremlins, that's the one to listen to. But let's talk about, Chris, our history with this movie specifically, Gremlins 2, um, which came out in 1991 yeah. many many years after the first film
2: mm, 91 or 90
1: 91 are you sure it's 91? N- no no i'm not sure i think it's 90 dude okay well let's just check let's see let's yeah, let's verify check the magic box because i don't want you guys blowing up my twitter
2: charlie haas what this wasn't written by uh
1: chris columbus no charlie haas the, the guy that wrote matinee yeah
2: which is another Joe Dante film, and Charlie Haas is in the
1: film as well. Yeah,
2: and here we have Picardo with a TV, and John Glover
1: playing the Donald Trump stand-in. Yeah. Um, now, but but
2: likable. <laughs> I think this was Key Luke's last role, wasn't it? Was right it before he passed away? Oh. I, I think so. But it's great to see Mister Wing again from the first movie, and of course, most people will know Key Luke is a what was it, Master Poe from Kung Fu. Except he's only wearing the one contact lens instead of both of them being blind all the time,
1: so he's only half possessed by an evil dead yeah. deadite.
2: And he was uh, one of the original number one sons in the Charlie Chan movies, where I guess he was he was an Asian guy, and Charlie Chan was being played by a white guy. So it was either uh, was it Sidney Toler and uh, and Warner Oland were the two actors that played Charlie Chan, white actors. And Warner Oland was also uh Dr. Yogami in The Werewolf of London with Henry Hull. Okay. The first universal werewolf movie. Which is a very good movie. It is a very good movie. Actually, it's it's one of my favorites. I watched I still... it
1: I watched it last Halloween. Yeah,
2: that's no, great.
1: Um, so this movie came out in nineteen ninety, Chris. You were right, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. What was going on for you, man? So this is six years after the huge success of the nineteen eighty-four mm-hmm. original Gremlins. Um Where were you? How did this happen? Uh,
2: Actually, I'm trying to think. I was... 1990, geez. I was 13 years old. And uh, this was a summer movie. And I uh, was a competitive swimmer at the time. And we used to have morning training. And then we'd have a break. And then we would come back and we'd have afternoon training. So, uh, you know, we would have swim practice twice a day. Hey, it's Sylvester Stone, Rambo, First Blood Part Two um but anywho uh in the interim me and one of my friends who i swam with and stuff we said hey let's go watch let's go see gremlins 2 and then we'll come back you know after we're done from the movie and and then go hit our our second training session for the day um and that's what we did and this was fucking laugh out loud funny for me where this has got a slightly different tone to it i mean same director by the way
1: there's charlie haas the writer Ah. speaking to robert picardo um, all right, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Chris. But anyway,
2: yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, I'm just kind of rambling here. Totally but,
1: different tone from yeah. the first movie, and we'll, let's talk about that in a second. Um, after we talk about our first experiences with it,
2: because Brandon, tell me about your first time.
1: Well, yeah, so I was pretty young. I remember what I recall is at the this time uh, I had family that lived in Orlando, Florida, and um, on uh, the military base in Orlando.
2: And the naval training center.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. uh, my uncle was a, uh, a nuclear a sub uh, naval. Uh, he was a commander of a nuclear sub. Yeah, and so we would go and visit, and uh, and I remember one particular time we went and visited, and he was home, uh, and we all went and saw Gremlins too. Nice. I it was a big deal because I still to this day remember the trailer for this movie, which is just uh, dripping water and of Percy's, poor Gizmo. oh, look how cute and sad.
2: Aww. Well, something to say here, too. It's like, you know, I think Gizmo looks pretty good, I mean, compared to the original film and everything like that, but you have a completely different person doing the effects this go around, too.
1: There's a lot of differences in this movie, um, a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris Wayless did did the gremlin effects for the first film, but Rick Baker took over for this particular go-around, but he's honored the the Wayless designs.
1: It was interesting because Chris Wayless, that effect still holds up. Yeah. That's one of the most egregious effects in the movie, maybe, and it looks pretty good. Yeah. Gizmo walking, uh, so you can make sure you're still synced up with us. Um, Chris Wayless was busy at this time. Well, Well, he
2: was directing Fly 2, wasn't he?
1: He was pushing his directing career, and he was unavailable. Um, so Joe Dante turned to Rick Baker and said, Rick, please help me out, man. And Rick said he would do it on the condition. He didn't want to repeat Wayless's work. He wanted to do something completely unique. He wanted to make new gremlins. Yeah. And Joe Dante said, absolutely do it. Yep. Yep. Now, everybody listening is probably familiar with the key and feel sketch uh, of the pitch meeting. Oh, sitting around of the Prublin's table, two, yeah. uh Which is absolutely hilarious. If you haven't seen it, pause this commentary and watch it, and then come back and watch the movie. It's absolutely hilarious. Joe Dante himself even said, That's pretty much right. That's pretty much how it worked. Dude, when this movie, uh, the studio tried to get this movie made for years. Look at these New York locations for years and they joe dante said i'm not doing it i won't Mm -hmm. do it nope so they approached every filmmaker they could everybody and everybody turned them down some people worked on treatments um others just said they couldn't do it one of the people they turned to was terry gilliam
2: yeah which and what did terry gilliam say brandon i don't know i don't know i just could you imagine a terry gilliam (laughs) gremlins movie (laughs) you want to know something uh, while I cannot imagine it, I would love to fucking see what that movie would turn out to be. Me too. So finally,
1: they went to Dante and they said, look, well, you can make the movie but and you can have complete creative freedom.
2: Complete creative freedom, ladies and gentlemen. That is a fucking unicorn in Hollywood film.
1: You get final cut and a $40 million budget. <laughs> And Joe Dante proceeded to make Gremlins 2,
2: mm-hmm. which is... And he filmed the entire thing with his dick hanging out of his pants, <laughs> just as another fuck you to Warner Brothers.
1: So I I really feel that Gremlins 2 is Joe Dante's masterpiece. I
2: agree wholeheartedly with you. I think that this is his best film. He, it's his freest filmmaking. And the movie, if anything, is so much fucking fun.
1: This is one of those movies that I've always, like, I've been envious of. Like, when I watch it, it's I watch it and I'm always like, I wish I made this. <laughs> it's got that vibe yeah. to it where I'm like, it's just, it's so infectious. The comedy is so, uh, th- like, rich. The satire is rich. The scene here Robert Picardo is like, we have real art here on the walls, Pelzer. And he points to this shitty... Mm-hmm. <laughs> square like corporate i mean he's getting
2: dressed down because he has a little fucking flower in a pot yes
1: there is so much happening in this movie that it's 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 like the ultimate reward you upon multiple screenings film you know there's there's always plenty to look at always something hiding in the corners of every shot of this movie It's just wonderful, yeah, wonderful, and you're right. The tone is different. Now, when I saw this in the theaters, I was blown away yeah. because it delivered on the Gremlin's front, and I think at the time, I didn't quite grasp the the meta concepts. you know, I just didn't really
2: know what the fuck was going on.: Oh yeah, this movie's making fun of itself. What's the comic book that he's got hidden in his bookcase there? Uh, Batman. Shit. Well, there's Batman right there. Yeah, and The Outsiders. But on the far side. It's a DC comic. No, it's you can right. See. By, it, yeah, his, I see. His it's heads, a, it's his said said it said DC. yeah. That was all I could tell. Yeah. And what's this guy's name? Archie. Uh, Bunker. God.
1: No, damn it. Archie Comics. No, oh, was... this
2: guy right here? No, the guy that's on the computer panel. And then, of course, well, that's Henry Gibson right there, which, you know, it's not a Joe Dante movie unless you get Henry Gibson in there.
1: We get all the regulars of this Uh one. Dick Miller, Henry Gibson. On the far
2: side, too, one of the the people that work in, like, the nerve center of the clamp building and stuff, you've got the guy that was actually inside the suit of the gremlin on the wing in uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet in Twilight Zone, the movie um you've got the guy that was in was it was it police academy f- no five police academy five what
1: who's in police academy five that dude right next to with him with the glasses yes
2: except he had buck teeth in that movie and he hung out with renee Noir. he was one of his henchmen
1: Wow, okay. Damn, Chris. Yeah, that's a deep cut there. That is a deep cut. But I'm trying cut. to remember what
2: the guy's name is. Archie Hahn. There we go. That's his Archie Hahn, Archie right. Hahn's the character actor. And if you see his face, you'll recognize him. He's in all kinds of stuff. Um, and of course, Phoebe Cates.
1: Yeah, so we get a lot of the old cast back, but we also get some new cast as well, including maybe the best addition to this film, Robert Prosky. Oh, here we go. There he is. Mm-hmm. This was my introduction to him, to Robert Prosky. Yeah. Um, just what a brilliant character actor. Yeah.
2: Prosky was one of those guys that like he could do everything. He could there's do Joe. comedy. There's yeah. There's Joe Dante. But yeah, he could do uh, comedy, and you know, there's quite a few films where he played a villain. Dude, and his in Christine. Well, shit. Yeah. He's yeah. great.
1: He's great in that role, like complete opposite of this character.
2: Yeah, I, I love everything Prosky did, and Prosky was in the original cast of uh, Glenn Gary and Glen the Ross. Really? Yeah. Uh, who was he? I think he might have been Shelley Shelley God Levine. Damn,
1: that's awesome. If I'm not mistaken, he was one of those actors that started late in life. Yeah. Um, but he's wonderful. He's he's just great.
2: You know, another role that I love. You know, the Great Outdoors yeah I fucking love Robert Prosky in the great out. Bill died in the car. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that's got the shotgun lamp and shoots the bear in the ass. Ah,
1: <sighs> great actor, yep.
2: Kind of funny how Igor the puppet looks a lot like a gremlin too.
1: Ah, uh, he sure does.
2: Those big ears.
1: <laughs> so great. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, Chris. So everybody, there, there's a bunch of new people in the film. Uh, Rick Baker's doing new effects. Well, hold on a second.
2: There's something he's saying right here, kind of meta here. He's talking about well, you should play like the old classics. He goes, Mister Clamp doesn't like anything in black and white. Mm-hmm. He wants it all color, which is really a dig. I mean, we we kind of talk about how Daniel Clamp, you know, this this mogul and everything is kind of a, a Donald Trump type character and stuff like that but they're also taking a dig at ted turner that's right right. too because of course ted turner and tbs and tnt trying to colorize all the classic movies and
1: he did i mean that was a really big deal around this time yeah here's a small little role for uh julia sweeney
2: well who's this actor here that plays the he was in um, ghost no it wasn't ghost uh he was in clear and present danger um He's Ding Chavez in if you're familiar with Tom Clancy stories and stuff in Clear and Pleasant Present Danger. He played that, but he was also he had a big role in um in Breaking Bad. Oh, did he? Yeah.
1: I like you. You you accidentally said clear and pleasant. Yeah, danger. clear and
2: pleasant danger.
1: I kind of want to see go. that.
2: <laughs> and here he comes, Chris's favorite. Mm, yes, it's the other Chris, Christopher Lee. Rabies. Rabies do already got rabies. <laughs> <laughs> so supposedly... What's his name, Dr. Catheter? Dr.
1: Mm-hmm. Catheter at Splice of Life. Um, now, the story goes, uh, uh, Joe Dante directed The Howling, mm-hmm. and Christopher Lee starred in The Howling 2, mm-hmm. and this is the first time these two got to work together, and supposedly, on the first day of filming... Christopher Lee apologized to Joe Dante for starring in Howling 2. (laughs) Which is, that's pretty funny. And what did Dante say to that? No shit, motherfucker! (laughs) Now get down on your knees and get busy on these nuts!
2: Because Dracula can suck. (laughs) There's a bandsaw in a frigging genetics lab. The genetics lab is called Slice, or was it Splice, splice of Life? Uh, splice yeah.
1: O. Oh life. There's a lot of funny jokes in here. Is it cute, isn't it? I guess these two guys are successful clones. Yeah. That's the joke that is delivered. Now, they don't know where Mogwai come from. We don't really either, unless you've read the novelization of Gremlins by George Guipe. Have you ever read I that? I have
2: not read the novelization. Okay, well, he's an alien. Well, here's a composite shot. He's an alien, really. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, I, I don't like it either. He
1: it, Just make him a mystic creature. Yeah. He doesn't need to be an alien. It's and fucking... let's just keep
2: it from China. You know? Yeah, he's not
1: from. E.T. Now, I have no idea, by the way, at the time of this recording, or it's not out, but by the time it gets released... Maybe who knows, but you know HBO has a an animated Gremlin series. Oh yes, Secrets of the Mogwai. Yeah, and it's which about we're
2: still waiting on,
1: still waiting. But it's all about Gizmo and uh, Mister Mr. Wing. Wing. Yeah. yeah, encountering various uh, Chinese folklore creatures from Chinese folklore and an and evil real Joe estate. Joe
2: Dante does have a hand in that.
1: Kind of, yeah. I mean, he's an executive producer.
2: Yeah, well, he talks about it on occasion on. Uh... His podcast. Does he? Yeah. I love all the <laughs> all the technology. This building is like so freaking over-engineered, and of course, nothing works right.
1: That's already got gremlins. Yep. Before the gremlins, even gremlin the building. Wow. Isn't that clever
2: writing? I think it is really clever. I mean, it is clever writing, but I'm just being an asshole. Wait, what? sounds like jerry goldsmith music
1: (laughs) excuse me is is that the rejected theme from alien
2: (laughs) i don't know i think sting would dispute that i think he said he, he did write that i wrote the gremlins theme in my sleep you know
1: what is that sting
2: Oh, look at that Apple computer. An old Mac.
1: So the thing this this movie is made, Joe Dante makes this insane. It looks like it's fucking
2: circus tent, you know? It's...
1: It does. We look at all this fun stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Look at all these little jokes we get. Um, but we saw the elephant earlier. Well, this is set up for later. i mean the th- this is ingenious, honestly, all of this the genetic tampering stuff not only was it prescient in ninety one or ninety eighty nine ninety it is a great excuse to get these gremlins to be insane yeah and wild
2: I mean this is just the boost that you know that Rick Baker needed,
1: but the thing is and, and he does some advanced advanced stuff in this movie, uh computer lip syncing for the talking the brain gremlin yeah. Um I mean the the gremlins in this movie are absolutely incredible yeah. works of practical effects
2: art. And did they work a whole lot better in this production than the gremlins in the uh, the first film did?
1: I think so. Um but it wasn't easy. You know, I mean there's certain shots of this movie where there are hundreds and hundreds of gremlins yeah. running around and that could not have been easy.
2: Yeah. That's my one of my Welcome favorite jokes. Welcome to the jokes. men's room. I hope, hope you, you washed, washed your hands.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I still to this day say that when I go and do a bathroom, yeah. a men's room. Um, what, what, what were we saying? What were we talking about?
2: Uh, the gremlins that Rick Baker did for this film.
1: Yeah, they're stupid. Yeah. Hack. Oh, yeah. Well, this movie did not perform well. After all was said and done, it was kind of a bomb, which is very unfortunate, and it affected-
2: Was it a bomb, or was it just a bit underwhelming? Well- As far as box office
1: It was a $40 million movie where Homie got final cut. Yeah. Um, And you know the thing about it is, like, Joe Dante, look- (sighs) Joe Dante is an artist, okay. As a filmmaker, he comes from a very special time. He's he's well.
2: He went to an art college. Yes, you know, okay. In, in Philadelphia,
1: he's not. He he's he's an auteur. Yeah, okay. And the thing about auteurs in Hollywood
2: are look if, at the detail in Gizmo's fucking fingernails.
1: Fingernails, dude. The thing about auteurs in Hollywood are they're welcome as long as their movies are making money. Yeah. But Joe Dante, his movies were not doing too great. Yeah. Um, Honestly, he struggled right after Gremlins. He had a really hard time. Yeah. I mean, right after Gremlins was Explorers, which was... Uh, that
2: was a bomb.
1: But it was also notoriously rushed. They... I love that movie. I released know. that movie before he was done editing it. Yeah. And you can tell, that third act of that movie takes a real nosedive. Um, to this day, he is embarrassed by that film. Um, and that movie bombed. He followed up... Uh, what did he do after uh, Explorers? Was um, it Innerspace? Space, which I guess did all right. It got some Oscar nominations. It
2: did, but yeah, once again, I don't think it performed it didn't quite set as the well.
1: Box office on fire. Yeah,
2: but I mean, I remember that was summer of '87, and that was one of my go. I mean, it was the same year Spaceballs came out too. Uh, Predator came out that year. It was quite a quite a year, quite a year. And uh, I love Inter Space Man. Mm.
1: So that's it, man. So he follows up Inner Space with The Burbs in 1989, which was also kind of a troubled production. Yeah. um, And not a huge hit. Um, I think it did okay. I feel like The Burbs did all right, um, but it's more of a cult hit than anything. So then he does Gremlins 2, and again, this dude's insisting on Final Cut, and his last few movies have just not performed very well. Yeah. They give it to him. The movie does not do well. Gremlins 2 made something like... um, so, let's say a $40 million budget, it made about $40 million. So, so it, did, it broke it, even? It, not <laughs> really, because they had marketing costs, yeah. so it lost money for them. Now, now, it's made its money back. Sure. But I'm sure, according to Warner Brothers, it still lost it. Um, and then he comes later with Matinee, three years later, which yeah. is probably his most personal, and maybe him working at true artistic peak, yeah. but not a big hit either. So... He just was just a filmmaker working his way through Hollywood. You know, it yeah. just. Uh... But that said, he did get to make Gremlins two.
2: Yeah, at least absolutely. And yeah. we get Haviland Morris too, now. So. Can we talk about her? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, as much as Phoebe Cates is the dream woman in Gremlins, mm-hmm. there's something about her in Gremlins two that always put me off, even as a kid.
2: Yeah, Phoebe Cates? Yeah, I, okay. in this
1: one. Not in the first one. God, not in the first one. But well, how
2: about Haviland Morris now that she's taking the glasses off?
1: Bro, let me tell you, that's where I got my thing for redheads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, uh, Phoebe Cates in this movie, It maybe it was the haircut. Yeah. She's got one of those haircuts that doesn't work. Yeah. And I think she's a little too maternal in the film. I feel like um, the will they, won't they, look. That's one of the things that's so exciting about the first Gremlins is the fact that this dork, Billy, Mm -hmm. is trying to get with the most beautiful girl in town, and she is into him. Yeah. But it takes this chaos and destruction to bring them together. In this movie, they don't live in together. They don't seem to really be in love. They're just kind of going through the motions. It's just not that exciting. But you get Haviland Morris shows up. Being the sexy redhead.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the other woman, of course, which makes Phoebe Kate super, or oh, at least her character, super jealous. And remember, Haviland Morris, she was the drunk date in 16 Candles that, you know, Farmer Ted winds up. Well.
1: I, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. All I knew was. Although she, she was, was wearing
2: a blonde wig in that movie. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Well, all I knew was. When I got home after seeing this movie, I was like, "Um, I want, I want Marla to be my girlfriend." When I played mm-hmm. Gremlins with my cousins, I was like, "And yeah. then Marla gets to be my girlfriend. I'll play Billy." And my cousins were like, "That's not how it goes in the movie." And I was like, "I don't care. That's how it goes in mm-hmm. my life." Yeah.
2: Oh, and here we go. The great John Astin doing his. Well, since Walter Paisley has already been, you know, kind of taken out of the running because he's got a completely different character in this movie, you've got John Aston doing the uh, Walter Paisley role from <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, I tell you.
1: Yeah, it is the Walter Paisley yeah. role. This would have been Dick Miller if Dick yeah. Miller as Murray Futterman doesn't come back. Uh-oh. Look at that gizmo. Look how expressive he is. Yeah. Now, look at that shit. God. Now, I love how the gremlins look in the first movie. There's something very raw and wild about them. But these things are so real looking that to this day, Warner Brothers uses this gizmo puppet for yeah. all its promotional art for even the first gremlins. Yeah. Fixed it.
2: (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Gizmo got wet. Oh, poor buddy.
1: Now, at the time, you know, Chris, the thing is, is, like, we talk about this a lot, but, like, sequels of the 80s and early 90s. I mean, well, we did our Ghostbusters 2 commentary, and we talked about this a lot. They're beat-for-beat remakes of the previous film. Yeah. Usually. I mean, watch another 48 hours. It's the fucking same exact movie as 48 hours. Just shittier. (laughs) Beverly Hills Cop 2 (coughs) is the same movie. Ghostbusters 2, the same movie. Lethal Weapon 2, they're all the same. This movie completely bucks the trend. Now, maybe it hits its beats. I'm sorry, did you say
2: bucks the trend or fucks the trend? What do you think? I think you said fucks the trend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, this movie just goes completely different, and maybe, maybe, I don't know how far into the movie we are, minutes-wise, but it might be around the same time that the gremlins show up. Yeah. But af- from here on out, this movie changes its rhythm completely and by the end of the movie it is just a it's complete anarchy man it's the closest and we know this joe dante worships at the altar of looney
2: tunes yeah and he's very anti-authoritarian
1: always has been Mm -hmm. and this movie not counting looney tunes back in action ...is the closest thing he's ever made to a live-action Looney Tunes. Yeah. And it is completely successful.
2: I mean, you've got the little chirping birds, you know... All the little tropes that you find in Warner Brothers cartoons, yeah...
1: just the timing of everything, of every shot, it's all, it's like so rhythmic, man. It just, it, it... The first Gremlins, it kind of feels like they were lucky they got that shot of the Gremlin picking its nose. Yeah. In this movie, it's like, no, we're getting the shot of the Gremlin doing this. It just, it feels so assured and confident and... I wish I could go back to that time that when I saw this movie in theaters now to see it and to look around at the audience. Yeah. I don't really remember a lot of people being there. I don't remember the audience really responding. I mean, I saw a
2: matinee show, and one of the cool things, I guess, as a kid, seeing it's like, there's nobody here, you know? So, yeah. Which, as a kid, you know, that's awesome. As a person that appreciates film and everything like that, I'd probably be sitting around going, oh, this movie's fucked, you
1: know? <laughs> Now, when you saw this afterwards, how did you... What was your response to it? Because it is so different from the first Gremlins. And you were a little
2: bit older than me. Yeah, yeah. I loved
1: it. You loved it? I loved it, yeah. I did. Were you able to appreciate, like, the weird meta shit that it did?
2: Uh, A little bit, yeah. I mean, I knew that it was poking fun at itself, and, uh, you know, I had read enough Mad Magazine at that point to really kind of have a clear understanding of satire, Um, but... You know, as I get older, I can still watch this movie and find new things in every viewing. Um, Yeah, it's
1: like the the Sergio Aragona's drawings in the margins. There's always something in there.
2: Yep. Yeah, Gizmo has grew the Wanderer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Watch how this gremlin reacts with her. (laughs) (laughs) When he sees her scratching her leg. Check out them games. They just, they're awesome. Poking fun of all sorts of funny culture here, mm-hmm. yogurt or froyo. Yeah, look at these guys. The they look tongue? like my kitten.
2: Oh, then this Canadian restaurant,
1: dude. This joke is fucking gold. Who? I don't know who came up with this. She's drinking Jolt Cola too. Molson's Jolt Cola. <laughs> There's these giants. Look what he's drinking out of his beer Stein. Yeah. These giant. Look at that animal head in between them. Dude, this is so funny. Chocolate Moose?
2: <laughs> can I get you another Molson's? And do you know what the name of the character actor is that's playing the Mountie waiter? I do not
1: remember his name. Is it Jeff something? Or I,
2: Honestly, I don't know. I can Otherwise, never... I wouldn't have asked, Brandon. Oh, I thought maybe you knew <laughs> no, you were going to tell me. No, I don't know. I was, no, I was asking.
1: Um, I don't know his name, but I... Uh, if I think really hard about it, maybe it'll
2: come to me. She just stuck her foot in his ball sack.
1: I don't know who that is. I can't, I don't know his name. Uh, I just love the idea that that would be in the building. This restaurant is in the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, you're a good man, Billy, for sticking with your woman. But I got to tell you,
2: maybe take a break. (laughs) Oh, boy. Chicken dinner box. Chicken champ.
1: Yeah, real funny. Now, all these close-ups, Chris, you might know this, those things are giant.
2: Yeah, it's huge gremlin head. Huge.
1: Which was actually the same thing that they did in the first one as well. Um, all the close-ups of the gremlins were these
2: gigantic... <laughs> well, like the scene, like the backpack scene, you know? It's like...
1: Yeah, all the props were made massive. That's a giant corn on the mm-hmm, cob right yeah. there. It looks like John Belushi
2: no no that's slimer dude
1: i don't think slimer looks like john belushi i feel like this guy does classic video Mm. look at that dog look at that puppers is that mushroom barney yeah he just leaves him outside how many locks they have on their door
2: well it is new york Billy,
1: dude. Now, okay. Um, hey, there's the Peltzer Juicer Peeler. Holy shit, dude, Chris.
2: Yeah, that's the first time i've ever seen that yeah, it might be the first time i've ever seen that
1: and i've seen this movie 167 times and, mm. and it, it
2: keeps, keeps getting, getting funnier, funnier. Every, every time i see it. it but yeah it's the Peltzer juicer peeler or peeler <laughs> <laughs> juicer
1: fuck you it just throws that cupcake at him oh oh my god
2: thing is all cracked out.
1: Watching this now, though, and I see Phoebe Cates. Oh, she's just, she's wonderful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Klein, you are a lucky man. And here we go! Yay! Dick Miller and Jackie Joseph! They survived! Yeah. And, by the way, if you listen to,
1: pay attention to the end of Gremlins. Oh, when
2: you got the reporter? Yeah, yeah, the
1: same reporter from... Oh, like, oh I
2: God! There's the Pelter smokeless ashtray too, dude. Yeah. Holy shit!
1: I I must I've I must have seen that at some point in my life. I'll just say this is the first time I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Did we miss the line where he goes, "Oh, your mother baked you pie"? <laughs> Somebody, Somebody sat, sat on, on it. No, then I guess we missed that, huh? No,
2: I think it's it's like when they leave. Mm. It's the original Audrey.
1: Yeah. And the original Mr. Fouch. Well, the only. Reunited. (laughs) I heard it too.
2: Weird foreign bugs.
1: There you go, keeping that character in there. There it is. Uh. (laughs) Dick Miller. I'm so glad he's he's hanging out in our celluloid catacomb.
2: Absolutely, man.
1: I love his safari jacket.
2: Yep. Uh. He is the man. Yeah, boy. U-Haul, Camp Beverly Hills. Look at
1: this club there. What's her name? She's in stuff. Yeah. We got another cameo in here coming up.
2: What, Jason Presson? J- Who's Jason Presson? The guy that's making the yoga right there. Who's he- that? That's the kid from, uh, f- from Explorers. Okay. And here's a kind of throwback to the gremlin drinking the beer out of the fountain.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it looks like
1: it's coming out of his eyes.
2: But yeah, no, Jason Preston, he was in Explorers, okay. which Joe Dante directed, and he was also in uh, Frank Lelogia's the, one, the win and one. Oh!
1: Jerry, Jerry Gold Goldsmith. Goldsmith! So, since he just showed up on screen, mm-hmm. I want to take a second to talk about this Jerry Goldsmith score. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, The Gremlin's Rag from 1984 is mm-hmm. a famous song, yeah. wonderful Uh, synth-based score. Sure. whole film has a great synth-based score. The score for Gremlins 2 is, in my opinion, in Goldsmith's top five. Yeah? Okay. I think this score is fucking incredible.
2: Well, I think, you know, the spirit of this particular movie, you know, once again, Joe Dante at his anarchistic best, permeates everything. And the score goes right along with that.
1: Dude, the score's in almost every scene of the movie. Yeah. It's kind of like the Danny Elfman score in Batman Returns. It's like yeah. wall to wall. Yeah. Um, And in this one, it's great because the gremlin's rag is hardly used. Instead, there's a new theme that's mm-hmm. been created, which is this right now you can hear it it's playing right now it's there's Rick Dukeman du- Rick Dukeman Rick Dukeman but um it's 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 wild that he goes with a different score that permeates the whole film but it gives this film like an urgency yeah. that the first movie doesn't quite have that like this like pushing it's it it's just wonderful, yeah the best part of the score, I think the best place to hear the score in its entirety like to really is the end suite, the end credit suite oh yeah, it's where it really you can hear all of those themes play. it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. this score was on I had it it was on constant rotation in my house. In my apartment's gr- like post college, it's the pupil stage, like my mother. No, that's different.
2: <laughs> it's fucking minds.
1: Of course, they're arrested. Did you he, he just flick the camera off? I oh my know. god! I want to rewind it so bad. We
2: nope. can't. So he gets arrested. And he's bailed out. It's the next morning. The next morning. But he can still get back into the building. Don't you think they would like fire him immediately?
1: Ew, here it goes. Listen how intense this music is. Ooh!
2: Little cutie. I mean, what's so special about Gizmo? You know, you notice every time he's the only Mogwai that does not want to transform.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's pure. There's something about him. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah,
2: I don't know. Why do all the other Mogwais seem kind of hell-bent on, let me do whatever I can so I can eat after midnight?
1: Well, they, the one thing I will say is that they are all spawn. Yeah. So maybe maybe Gizmo is the original Mogwai. No. Oh.
2: Like the number one son? like Yeah, Luke? like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Brandon. Why do you say stupid shit like that? Look at that. Drippy jizzy. L- like Buddha? Muhammad?
1: They're all kind of like, like Siddhartha's. They all come out fully formed. Uh-oh. Have tap, complete tap, knowledge tap. of everything. Oh! Yeah, you guys know what's up. Of course you know. You're young. You know everything. Chris, this movie just keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) All right. It does a wonderful thing because part of the issue with the first Gremlins... ...are the rules, right? Yep. Don't feed them after... Like, don't get them wet. Okay, but doesn't everything require water to survive? Whatever. At least we can accept that one. Maybe. No light. But what kind of light? Yeah, no bright light. Okay, whatever. Don't feed them after midnight. But for how long...
2: You know, it works as a wonderful well, fable. Well, and of course, you know, that was something that I think a lot of people made fun of after the first yes. film came out. And of course, what does Joe Dante do? Well, let's address it.
1: Yes. Let's address it by having a gremlin murder the asshole that brings it up.
2: <laughs> I love Bob Picardo.
1: The other thing I love is the clamp logo. Yeah. Is a sea crushing
2: the world. rushing <laughs>
1: It's such a wonderful little art direction joke.
2: There he is. Yeah, Archie, Archie Han. Archie Han.
1: And her, the blonde, is somebody as well. And that dude with the glasses there looks like Proctor from Police Academy, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. Lance Kinsey.
2: All right, smartass.
1: Oh, my God. Is this my fa- maybe one of my favorite jokes in the movie?
2: Microwaving with Mars? No,
1: the archery champ. The guy comes this out. Guy, and... This guy, this. <laughs> what the fuck? You can hear a crowd of people going, "Oh, oh. I don't know." That is so funny to me.
2: <laughs> she's just... well, she's another like stock Joe Dante player. I mean, like inner space she's got a great role in inner space
1: Kathleen Freeman is most for me I recognize her as yeah I'll bet you do (laughs) she's most recognized as uh, the head nun the penguin oh in in Blues 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 Brothers Brothers,
2: yeah but she's also in um, Dragnet the, the Ackroyd movie? Yeah, the Ackroyd movie. She's the uh, Emil Muzz's landlord. I'd like to watch Dragnet again. I'd watch that movie
1: again. It's been a long I, time since I, I've seen I, it.
2: I know that movie.
1: I did just rewatch The Burbs yeah, the other night. Like, literally, like, uh, a week ago. Here we ago. go. Here it comes. Oh, mm. Jesus. Those things look, ne- dude, they look like hornets. Yeah. You know, like they're terrifying. Yeah. They are terrifying in this movie. And I love that Dante. And
2: he, he just punches him. Yep. Fucking asshole. I
1: love that Dante does these like push ins on his actors too, like the canted angles, the epicness. Look at that push in on it. The- look at that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of them. Ooh, Oh, they're just gnarlier than in the first one to me. They just f- yeah, seem so much scarier. more horrific.
2: Well, more grotesque. Grotesque. It's like yeah, he snatches the flashlight yeah. from her. <laughs> and she just puts booze in everything. I love
1: it. I love it. She pours a glass for herself. <laughs> mm. And of course, uh-huh. Geddy.
2: What What's that?
1: <laughs> that sounds like Joe Dante's voice. Chowder
2: noodle. Chir- <laughs> <laughs>
1: I also love when they start throwing the stuff into the microwave, how she's like, just... You can't put yeah, metal in there. That's not a good idea. <laughs> there, okay, so all these gremlins have names, Chris, right? Yes. Different from the first film. We've got George right there. There's mm-hmm. Lenny.
2: George and Lenny. Huh? I wonder what that's A little about.
1: homage to Of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, George is modeled on the, uh, Edward... Uh, what's his name? Edward Morrow. Is that the old... What's that guy's name?
2: The news broadcaster? Not, Edward that's right. Not,
1: that's not who I meant. Um, the The guy from the old noir films. Uh, oh, Edward G. Robinson. Edward Robinson. Yeah,
2: Edward G. Robinson.
1: Yeah. Lenny is, uh, with the buck teeth, is probably more like, well, I guess just a goofy buck tooth gremlin. So that's these two.
2: So fucking expressive.
1: Oh, they're gross. That's Daffy, who is modeled after, obviously, Daffy Duck. And then, of course, we had the gremlin jumping out of the computers,
2: who is Mohawk.
1: Yeah. They make up the the main...
2: Quadrum. <laughs> quadrum of gremlins. Oh, no. They're all wet.
1: Ew, this is gross. Oh. So much grosser than the first movie. You can see him. in... And school. here's uh. the thing. It's
2: like, it's it's... Brightly lit as opposed to being very, very dark.
1: Yeah, right. Rick Baker, you're a real show off, you motherfucker.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Rick Baker. (laughs) You let go, along duck dong. Is he still working? Uh, I don't know. I I can't tell you the last time I saw Getty Watanabe.
0: (sighs) Now, who's that that guy?
2: That's the Gremlin. Is it? That's the guy that was inside the Gremlin suit in Nightmare 20,000 Feet. George Miller's. You know
1: who else he looks like? He looks like...
2: Some guy that was in an episode of Saved by the Bell. He probably was. I mean, he did a lot of character work. He's <sighs> in that movie Feds with Rebecca De Mornay and um, and uh, you, Mary you, Gross. You had me at Rebecca De Mornay. He was also in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He's the used car salesman when Johnny Depp drives the convertible like thirty miles an hour, like right off the curb. Well, I'm going to look up
1: this guy's name
2: cuz but yeah, he was he he was the gremlin. I mean, that's I think that's the joke right there. Larry Cedar. There we go.
1: Larry Cedar also uh Deadwood. He's in Chud 2. I recognize him from Chud 2. That's what it is. I what did I say? Saved by the Bell. It's the it's bell. Chud 2. He's in The Crazies. Oh, you're, you're crazy, Chris! He's, yeah,
2: he's in the uh, the the, was it Breck Eisner? Uh, yes, yeah, he's the one that actually drags the pitchfork, the bloody pitchfork, in the hospital and is killing all the people in the hospital. And I was
1: right, fucking Saved by the Bell.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's he's a very accomplished character actor. Yeah, he's great. Sound alarm is my love. This joke.
1: <laughs> oh, there he is. I forgot. He hasn't been in the movie this whole time.
2: No, he does. He's got that one little walk around that he does. Look oh, at him. He's just so bored.
1: I love how high up he is. You hear the plane going by, the clouds. Yep. His colorized films. Oh, there's It's a Wonderful Life, It's Chris. a Wonderful
2: Life, yep hearkening back to the first film look at this gorgeous shot dude this movie needs to
1: be remastered this we're watching the blu-ray but it's pretty green it's grainy as fuck warner brothers get with it guys they did the same thing with the first gremlins it looks like shit yeah what the fuck are you guys sitting on a gold mine make it look good
2: This is so mean spirited. Ooh, I know. There's colorized it's a wonderful life. Yeah.
1: But it's something a gremlin would do.
2: Well, it's also a very Looney Tunes type gag. Yeah. Let's put a mouse trap in the middle of her sandwich. Ah.
1: look at those hands. Ha
2: (laughs) later on when this listen though, listen.
1: Oh, you hear that splurt? This shot coming up where the gremlin is typing, and he clasps his hands together Mm -hmm. in just ecstasy. You, I mean, like these things are incredible. Ooh, that guy's scary. That's the brain gremlin, same one that they use. Ooh, right there. Oh, I guess this is their like microwave equivalent scene to the first one. Get out of my kitchen. Yeah. This is where they have the 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 gross stuff. Now, this movie was, of course, rated PG thirteen.
2: Well, she put that one. That was the one in the blender, right?
1: Oh yeah, I guess that's right. The the blender. I mean, it's still the it's same scene. The, the microwave the happens sequence, too. Yeah. yeah. Look at that long suit.
2: I saw him in Waiting for Godot at Studio Fifty Four. With a. Uh, John Goodman and uh Nathan Lane are you serious? yeah, and he was the best thing in the show. uh- oh, so that's not the brain gremlin, dude, when was that? uh probably about ten, twelve
1: years ago. Oh my God, yeah. I would love to see that. who was he uh is he was he was he happy?
2: So he's one of the two? No, no. John Goodman and Nathan Lane. Oh. He's. Okay, so he just shows the up. Servant. To... And... Huh.
1: <laughs> John Glover's sharp inhale.
2: <gasps> and he was in John Carpenter's Dream Western.
1: Um. It's got like a weird name. I, I can see it. What is it? It's like got kind of like a Spanish name, right?
0: El
2: Diablo. That's it. Of course Carpenter didn't get to make that movie. Somebody no, else did. Somebody
1: else did. Watch out for the drill. And an yeah. axe. Jesus. That's Dante saying, "Well, how are they going to break their hands through? They have to have some way." Yeah. An axe and a drill is the way to do it. Oh, Phoebe in the gross green blood going down. <laughs> You think you're gonna take the take the wheel for a second? I gotta take a gremlin's one.
2: <laughs> you gotta take a gremlin. <laughs> uh. Oh, God! Well, I mean, I guess the beauty is is that with all those gremlins covering the uh, the elevator, they kind of broke the fall, cushioned the fall. Sure. I buy it. We'll get the next one. <laughs> Is that a silhouette of Frankenstein's monster on the wall? I think that is. So, yeah, in Daniel Clamp's office, he actually has a silhouette of the Frankenstein monster. (laughs) Mercurochrome. Oh, and here we go, a movie review by Leonard Maltin talking about Gremlins 1, and this is a notorious gag because Leonard Maltin gave the original Gremlins a really, really shitty review, so here they're going to make a parody of it where Leonard Maltin's giving his shitty review, and then all of a sudden, the Gremlins are fucking with him. Which shows that Leonard Moulton definitely has a great sense of humor. Yep. Oh. Oh, and here comes Brandon. You missed the Leonard Moulton scene. I did? Yeah.
1: Wow, all right. I don't remember that happening so fast. Did you talk about it? Yes, I did. You talked about how he hate he didn't really like the first two
2: i did yeah where were you brandon we went over this
1: dude oh my god this is a quick little deviation uh pause the movie no i'm kidding did uh did you see that warren Beatty dick tracy thing that he did just the other week where he was wearing the costume i saw a picture and it's with leonard moulton and homie from turner classic movies and they're, they have a Zoom meeting with Dick Tracy.
2: Oh, my gosh. No, I didn't actually see that.
1: Warren, give it up, bro. Yeah. You're 85. Yeah. You're still holding on to the rights of
2: Dick Tracy? So, the vegetarian gremlin? And look what he comes walking in with. <laughs> it's a fucking pod from... Invasion the original invasion of the body snatchers which you actually see one of those in the original gremlins film too. Sure do. when uh, Hoyt Axton is at the inventors convention and I think it's the same scene where you see steel Steven Spielberg right that's right yeah. and Robbie the robot
1: and the time machine that disappears yes. Do, the guy in the back uh, with the curly hair, he looks really familiar to me, too.
2: Do you recognize that guy? I, I got to see him again. I'm sorry. All right. He's the guy that like, there he is. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's been in tons of stuff. I oh, and he's got to be wearing glasses. That, that's what makes him smile. I know. I
1: love that the glasses just appear. I mean, it's such a Looney Tunes.
2: And who is that voice, Chris? <sighs> Felix Unger himself.
1: Tony Randall. Tony Randall, who fathered a child at the age of 80. Actually, that was
2: about the next thing I was going to say. Like, <laughs> that dude was still fucking dead. Yeah, here's the thing about
1: Tony Randall.
2: Tony Randall fucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. And of course, the gag for the movie that Warner Brothers had put out the year before this one. Well, also, that was, also,
1: Chris well, Lee. Yes. You get the Chris Lee recognizing him yes. thing, but sorry sorry, to interrupt you. The
2: Warner Brothers gag. Yeah, well, it's about to happen. So here we have the bat DNA that's been injected into the Gremlin and genetic sunblock so we can go out in the sun.
1: I love this um, Pino DiNaggio-esque organ yeah. music score. I think this scene is incredible. It really like (laughs) ethnic group. (laughs) Okay, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) Oh. Yes.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Christopher Lee and his priorities. And here we Look go. at that
1: thing. Give me stop motion any day. Mm-hmm. Although, again, it gets really grainy here.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, that's a little... Okay. Okay. And the Batman logo. Now, did you know that Joe Dante was originally attached to direct Batman. I did not know that, yeah. No. I did not know that. Wild, weird stuff. Now, this kind of goes into the uh, Home Alone 2 premise here. Of all the people in the world that that Bat-Gremlin could find, it happens to find Murray Futterman yep. in New York City. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh shit. What the hell is that? And then you've got Dick Buttkiss and Bubba Smith Bubba at the Smith? salad bar. That's Bubba Smith pulling Dude, on him. Dude,
1: oh my god. Yeah.
2: He just blew it's my Hightower. fucking mind.
1: I'm so sorry I just screamed like that into the mics.
2: Bye bye bye, salsa.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's telling the truth. Yeah. What's great about the the brain gremlin is that he's like he's matter of fact. Everything that he says, like he's Mm. evil, yeah, but he's being like very practically evil, pragmatic (laughs) about it. Yeah, that guy's that's great. The pushing it. Oh my god, there's a couple of stagnant gremlins there.
2: That's all right with good editing. And that's the salad bar gremlin. Well, not I mean, the salad bar He's actually made of salad. Veggie gremlin. Yeah. There's another and one of there those we go. fuckers. The flasher gremlin. And she kicks him square. Good in the job. Nuts. I think I'd want to be the actor with the gremlin hanging off my ass.
1: Is that what you'd want? If, if you could be an extra, you'd want the gremlin to be biting your ass?
2: <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Dude.
1: I'd want, i I like that guy that had the one strangling him, and he was like pushing him away.
2: Yeah. Isn't it even Marie Saint? <laughs> and, then the, and then the homeless guy in the back. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? What is that? <laughs>
1: I like that he's still got a suitcase, like this was like the night after they just arrived in New York. yo, he gets a pretty gnarly scratch on his head, yeah there's another great like New York joke of nobody really paying attention they don't nobody cares that there's a gremlin who
2: it's just a damn pigeon. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, you, yeah. oh, my God, I heard that like, yeah. like a squish.
2: But Fuck you know yeah, something? Murray. Murray's had enough of this bullshit. Dude, I love it. It just covers that thing in concrete. Murray Futterman's the hero yeah. of this movie. Isn't he the
1: one that he, uses, he does the fire hose later, mm, too? Yeah. Although Billy's the one that comes up with the idea.
2: Ew still flying. It's a nice little gag. Though. It is. <laughs>
1: it's such a gag. It's obviously just a cartoon. I mean <laughs> I love it.
2: I always thought it looked an awful lot like the uh the gargoyle from Tales from the Dark Side the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: You promised.
2: Yeah. All these Fisher Price
1: toys. We get the Gremlins torturing gizmo yep. montage. Oh Mohawk. Listen to this. <laughs> Cows What the and fuck camels. is looking the dogs running? Mm-hmm. God. Alright, I want to take a few minutes, uh, if it's okay with you to tell a story. Okay. Um about this movie, about the scene this scene right here coming up the scene that kind of happens
2: what, where Picardo says we're not renewing your lease <laughs> no after so
1: this is the scene in the theater this is absolutely ingenious what happens here how the film reel breaks it turns into a thing i this i remember oh. as a kid seeing this and my mind was blown
2: well I think you know in the theater I was like fuck man I was like shit man!" and then this happened immediately
1: right like it starts happening and
2: you start laughing
1: this is this is where the movie just becomes its own thing and I I just have this feeling that like the Warner Brothers execs were like fuck fuck what are we gonna do like we can't this is in the middle of the movie (laughs) You know, like, it's so wild to think that
2: this prank was played. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, what do they show? They show a nudist film. (laughs) This is like a legit nudist film. It is. Okay, here comes Belinda Belinda Belaski. Paul Bartel. More of Joe Dante's company of players. That's right. And then we're, here yeah, right Toby. there. Kenneth Toby. Kenneth Toby, who's in the first film and also in the original The the Thing Th- from Outer Space. From outer Space.
1: That's Paul. So funny. Gone too soon.
2: But notice that uh, this particular character right here <sighs> is just sitting there enjoying the nudist film.
1: Yeah. Oh, he loves it. Okay. Now, this, pay attention to this delivery. Oh, I missed We missed it. The way he goes, Gremlins. All right, watch this. Playing for the camera, squeezes it. <sighs> Terry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Grimsters. Grimsters. <sighs> okay. Let me tell you my story now. So, uh, a, several years ago now, I mean, a little while ago at this point, I was uh, working with Hulk Hogan on a project. Terry Balea? Yes, and he insists you call him Terry, or well, his friends. Mm-hmm. Kidding. He. So, I'm working with Terry Hulk Hogan. We're done for the day. We wrapped shooting. This is. I was a smoker back then, mm-hmm. uh, cigarette smoker. Um, by the way, this year I'll be 10 years smoke-free. I'll be
2: 11 years smoke-free. That's right. Hell yeah, bro. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, uh, anyway, so we wrap the day. Hulk goes outside, I-, I go outside too, I'm having a smoke after after we're done, and we just start shooting the shit. We're just talking for a little bit. And as we're talking, uh, we we had a really good time on set, but now we're done. And I go... Terry, can I just tell you what my favorite role of yours of all time is? And he's like, "What's that, brother?" And I go, "Gremlins 2." And he l- gives me this look of just like, "What the fuck?" Like he mm. couldn't believe it. And uh and I go, "I the way that you like go Gremlins. The timing, the way you squeeze the popcorn, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen you do." And he goes, you want to know why I took that role, brother? And I said, why? And he goes, Steven Spielberg was producing that movie. And I wanted to be, I wanted to meet Steven Spielberg. And he goes, guess what? He didn't show up one day of fil- on the day filming. We ne- never even saw him. He was never even around. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. We're, we start talking about Gremlins 2. Out of nowhere, some car comes driving down the street, stops, gets... A clown car, like 20 people pour out of the car. They're like, Hulk! He just stops mid sentence, goes over, takes pictures with these people for five minutes, mm-hmm. signs stuff, takes pictures, comes back over. He goes, Anyway, so Steven Spielberg. And I'm like, Wait, 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 Terry. <laughs> you just had a handful, of, like a car full of people just stop to get your autograph, and you're acting like. And he goes, Let me tell you something about the people. There's nobody more important than your fans, than the people, they are the ones that make you He definitely who knows you which side are. his
2: bread is buttered on.
1: And, you know, he's got, he's had some bad times lately, yeah. but the dude loves his fans. And I had that moment where I realized, I was like, holy fuck, man, I'm right now talking to somebody who is at one point the biggest star on the planet. The
2: planet. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that's my Hulk Hogan Gremlins 2 story. (laughs) Uh, We've worked together a few times since. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, Gotta,
2: gotta, anyway. Okay. What did I miss? (laughs) Uh, You missed Christopher Lee saying, Well, I have a small supply of automatic weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit.
1: Once again, the chaos of this scene, this this from here on out, it's just, it's incredible. It's so assured. Mm-hmm. All these pushing, these camera like dolly ins.
2: This is Dante at the top of his game. Well, I mean it's frenetic, but there's so many gags. He's putting in like. Yeah, there was a he had a beaker on his head that got shot off. Yeah. Just like twenty gags a second.
1: Look at and this. And of course this guy yeah. his tiny bullet holes. What the fuck? <laughs> it's hilarious. I love that he doesn't go full on first Gremlins. He doesn't go full on yeah. Gremlin's mega madness with it, but it's still kind of there. You know, the, the Gremlin montage. In fact, what he does is something even crazier, which is the New York, New York scene. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you just love to hang out with John Glover for a night? Absolutely. Is he still
2: working? Yeah. Can you think of anything you've seen in him in recently? Uh, yeah, there was, uh, honestly, there was something the other day where I was like, oh shit, there's John Glover. And like, was he ever, was something, he got killed in it too. I was like, oh. Was he ever in like a Game of Thrones? Uh, no, because they don't really hire him Oh, fuck, he was
1: in Fear, Fear the Walking Dead.
2: Okay. But there was something else fairly recently as well. Shazam. I think it was an episode of Evil, maybe. Evil. Yeah.
1: Man, John Glover... God damn, he has been in so many things. Do you want to guess how many things John Glover has been in? Guess the number of movies. Uh 303. 135. Okay, well, I was way off on that one. Yeah, you lose. What a loser. Here we go. Yeah, fuck yeah. Who is this? I have no idea.
2: Slayer. Uh Megadeth. Megadeth? Megadeth? I think it's Megadeth. That sounds like Dave Mustaine. It does. does. Uh, creepy.
1: Oh, dude, the spider gremlin is mm-hmm. one of the most
2: horrifying things probably ever in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I noticed this before. He's got a Frankenstein's monster silhouette on the side of his office. It's like 10 feet tall. Really? Yeah, if you look at it, in certain shots, there's a a spot earlier where you can see it a lot better. But uh, maybe we'll get another look at it. I don't know.
1: Good thinking, Zach. Look at that thing.
2: Yeah, they do. (laughs) Rain and that's the thing here. You know why they use that song? Mm -mm. Because Joe Dante hates that fucking song so much. And one of the things that he hates even more is the fact that it was used in fucking Butch and Sundance. He hates
1: it. I remember you know what? I remember hearing that episode of his podcast where he was talking about the end of Butch Cassidy. And I agreed with him a hundred percent on that. The sappy bullshit. Oh, my God. I Although, love...
2: God rest, you know, Burt Bacharach, who just died recently. He sure did. Recently.
1: Man, he did some um, incredible, incredible work with Elvis Costello. Have you ever heard any of his stuff with Elvis?
2: I, I try to avoid Elvis Costello. Are you serious? Yeah. Not, not really? Fan. Yeah, there's only like two or three songs that I can stand. Like what? Uh, Watching the Detectives. Yeah, great and, song. And uh, what's the other one? Tokyo. Storm, Storm Warning?
1: Yeah. That's from Blood and Chocolate. So. Have you ever heard the song that he did with Burt Bacharach, God Give Me Strength?
2: Uh, yeah, I actually saw him perform it with Burt Bacharach. Jesus him on Christ. the piano and everything.
1: Um, that, that song is fucking yeah, I don't brutally know. Just, beautiful. Yeah. I get it. Costello's an acquired taste. Where are my Costello head's at?
2: Right in the comments. Mm. You know, one thing I like about it is that, like... John Glover's character, Daniel Clamp, could have been a complete and utter asshole for this entire film, but no, he's actually quite likable by the end of it. <laughs> they lean in.
1: I think it's a testament to, to John Glover. Yeah. Because I don't think, I mean, I guess the writing of the film, he comes, he's, matter of fact, he's practical, he's yeah. pragmatic, he, he listens once he sees the evidence, but... It could have gone another way. Yeah. And I think John Glover brings this whimsical, um, childlike yeah. enthusiasm to it that neither Ted Turner nor Donald Trump have. No. At all.
2: He doesn't have the petulance that both of those two dipshits yeah. have. Here's a good gag. Come on, Gizmo. Oh, <laughs> Just getting nailed with the fucking speed bag.
1: This is great too. Yeah, I thought
2: this was so cool.
1: I still want one of
2: these. Uh, your your escape. <laughs> yes, elevator. Yeah. Yes, and I
1: love how he comes out looking like ready. Like you should all know this about me that I have this. They got some bright lights on those guys right now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Murray, get in there. Save the fucking day. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to kill these goddamn gremlins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sound like Chris losing his virginity.
2: No, it was way goofier sounding than <laughs> <bad>. that. <laughs> it was just crying. No, just... the crying—the crying came later. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I went and shame ate like a bunch of Taco Bell. What? Yeah. This is
1: great. I love that Joe Dante was like, you know, Doctor
2: Farb. Do you see that? It says Farb DDS. Yeah. yeah. What is that? That's the name of the dentist in the original Little Shop of Horrors. That's. It's not it's not Oren Scrivello, which is from the musical version. Awesome. Doctor Farb is the name of the dentist. Yeah, because the dentist is is
1: barely in the movie. Yeah, it's Jack Nicholson's character being excited. Yeah, but there is no dentist subplot. But yeah,
2: Doctor Farb.
1: But I love that Joe Dante is like, you know what, this movie that's supposed to be made for kids needs a reference to Marathon Man. (laughs) (laughs) Is it safe? Is it safe? Everybody knows Lawrence Olivier trying to drill uh, into D- Dustin Hoffman's mouth, right? Yeah. We're only we're not quite 20 years out from that.
2: This is great. Yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> Look at the smashed chair in the line, there's just the legs. Yeah, just the legs. And, yeah, have you notice that they've done that like three times so far. When they went into the lab, there was a copier that was sitting like That's great haphazardly yeah, on the just, counter. They just and had like just the, the legs kind of like underneath it, just moving.
1: Five sets of hands yeah. and feet for gremlins that just put around the set. Look at him smoking.
2: Civilization. Civilization. He sounds Australian. Bandicoot, it's Australian.
1: Where's Tony Randall
2: from? I thought he was an American.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. He's just got that transatlantic accent.
2: Kind of like Kant. Well, if it was Australian, then it would be Trans Pacific Brandon. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess it's better than Trans Baltic. There you go. There's a, a reprise from the first Gremlins. Yep. Fun. I oh, I So I have a, a Mandela effect of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the word? Mandela effect? Yes. That's the phrase? I remember the Gremlins saying, civilized, isn't it? That's, in my head, I have a journal entry from when I was a kid. Where I said I went and saw Gremlins 2 this weekend. Mm-hmm. I actually have like three journal entries of me talking about Gremlins 2 in like second grade, and I draw, I drew a picture of the brain gremlin with the cigar mm-hmm. saying, "You know what? Maybe I'll try. I'll post it on our Instagram feed go. so you guys can see my Gremlins 2 obsession as a child, and him saying, civilized, 'civilized,' isn't it? I just feel like that's what he said from in the trailer, but it's not. No." How do you feel about Zach Galligan, Chris? You like him?
2: Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Um, really, who you should talk to is is my wife, Jamie. Uh, we worked a couple of conventions that Zach Galligan was on and everything. And, I mean, you know, she had lots of nice things to say about him, too, but she'd be able to tell you more about it than I am. Maybe I we will. Maybe we'll get Zach on the show
1: sometime. Yeah, maybe. He's constantly checking our shit out. Is he really? Yeah. I think yeah. it would be great to, to have him on. I'd love to talk with him. He's also in- um, Witchboard.
2: Or no, no Wax Waxwork. Wax, Waxwork, I'm sorry.
1: And Waxwork 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, he's in Warlock 2. Yes. Um, Is it safe? He's got some cameos. I'm trying to think of something that he was in. Isn't he in- Vector Scope? Dr. Quatermass. Yeah. Th- now, wait. Was it spelled Quater or Quartermass?
2: It's Quatermass. I know, but was it spelled Quartermass? Quatermass. It was spelled yes, correctly? I didn't see the extra R, no. And Vectorscope Labs is where Howard the Duck was.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. That's not a that's not yes. joke to Howard the Duck, is yes, it? Yes,
2: that's Howard the why Duck. Would the, joke. Why
1: would Joe Dante make a Howard the Duck joke?
2: I don't know, but Vectorscope Labs is where Howard the Duck Fuck. Was, yeah.
1: Okay, so can we... Yeah, good. It works.
2: Just little scissors. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Nightmare fuel. This scream is great. It's
1: great. The pushing is great. I mean, man. Oh, God.
2: So who did the stop motion in this? hmm Dave Allen?
1: No, I don't think Dave Allen did this. I think Dave Allen was too busy doing the Charles Band stuff at this time. No, no. I'm going to say, damn, who did the... Well, this
2: would have been around the same time as Robot Jocks, right?
1: Um. 90? Well, Robot Jocks was in production for a lot longer post-production. Robot Jocks was filmed, I think, in like 88 but they were doing the stop motion animation like during this time. Oh, okay. Um could it have been like Cook, Randall Cook? I don't know. Or um Dude, that's a great question and I've got to know.
2: I got to know. I've
1: got to know who did the the uh that special effect. Makeup department? Would that be where I could find it? Hmm. Animation department? No. Where the fuck would that be? Visual effects? Special effects? Yeah. Okay, god damn, there's like 95 people in here. Look at all these awesome people that did stuff. Gabe Bartalos, Bartalos, um, Norman Cabrera, Bill Corso. These are all people that were on uh, uh, Rick uh, Baker's crew.
2: creature and of course it's jerry goldsmith that did the frigging rambo theme so oh no shit it's fitting that they do the reprise
1: and owned by the same studio so they could get away with it
2: well here we go phoebe cate's giving her next uh president's day speech (laughs) they're all like that's enough
1: Yeah, I don't know if that joke lands for me. Okay. (laughs) Look look at his face. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hal Miles was the stop-motion animation tech, but I feel like there's more people here. Um, God, there's a lot of these Rick Baker Cinnovation people. This
2: has a very New Year's Eve kind of feel.
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. I can't find it. Well, well. what good are you? No good. Part of it, New York,
2: New York.
1: Uh, This movie is the reason why I know all the words to New York, New York.
2: Good for you, man. I mean, hey, if you're going to have one.
1: What's your favorite recorded version of New York, New York? My wife's. What does she
2: do it for? Uh, She does it wherever she's... so I'm surprised that she didn't do it at karaoke at your house. Wait, did she? Uh, she, I think she did.
1: Maybe she did. I you think she per- did, dude. Pretty, I actually have. We a- were pretty drunk. That yeah, night. it was a it was a long night. Here you we know, go. You know, who- and then
2: you have Rhapsody in Blue.
1: Yeah, this is a nice little uh, homage to uh, uh, Busby Berkeley and his musical numbers, uh, the '30s and '40s films. Wonderful.
2: You've seen the meme and everything where it it, oh. it it shows Yoda and then it shows this female gremlin and it says young I was, needed the money I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh okay, so here's the montage. That's right. They got nuclear. Acme. Nuclear weapons or just weapons?
2: Ru- There's Russian stuff. Yeah, dynamite projectiles. projectiles. Oh, they're gonna destroy and the Statue of Liberty. Whoa!
1: Bazooka missiles. See, these are bad guys. Yeah. These gremlins are motherfuckers.
2: Well, you know, it's it's Hayes Code kind of shit that they're uh, having to do here.
1: There's that dude from Ghostbusters too,
2: and also from uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. He's
1: always playing blue collar guys. Yeah. Always. And then I'd lose about 50 pounds.
2: Pork and his wife!
1: Look at Gizmo's ears moving all the time, even when he's barely in the frame. You know who did a really good version of New York, New York? Who? Real Big Fish. Mm. It's all acapella. Really? Yeah, from their album Cheer Up. Everybody, listen to that. (laughs) He pulled an
2: olive off of the veggie gremlin.
1: Gross!
2: (laughs) Oh, and then there's a Warner Brothers. Yeah, tattoo.
1: There you go. Yep. There's a dumb joke. Igor. (laughs) This is great. Fourth wall break here. Yep. Bing, bing. Uh huh. Bing, bing. Oh, it actually looks like London. Yeah. Oh, with his long finger. <laughs> his finger is even longer than normal. Imagine if it normal. Was in 3D. Dude, if they don't make the next Gremlins movie in 3D, I say we start a riot. Yeah. There you go, WWII. Yeah, that's
2: it, man. It's going down. the footprints up the wall (laughs) it's like all the little details man that's great love it
1: (laughs) hi i like that one you know there are like there he is again that's the same one there are like a handful (laughs) of the same gremlins used in these close-ups
2: oh Oh, gross
1: loogie he says oh yeah fuck you
2: yeah <laughs> it's dripping off his chin that's why gross. why am i dripping with glue
1: <laughs> what is up why don't we have a gremlin's three Chris
2: I don't know Brandon I don't know i I, I think they just can't crack the story. Yeah, well, I'd rather them not make one if they can't make it decent. Because uh, you know the first one's classic. This one is just batshit crazy and amazing. And
1: I still feel that this movie is underrated. Oh, absolutely. I, I really feel like not enough. You know, people... there's. Uh,
2: you know, I've been listening to uh, the uh, Video Archives podcast. Okay. And Tarantino at, at one point says that, much like you and I say, Gremlins 2 is Joe Dante's masterpiece. Oh, really? Yeah, he says
1: it. What does Joe Dante think about this movie? Um, He's got to be proud of it. I think he just has an issue with being linked to Gremlins.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's part I of it. I think he saw himself as I being think, I a think different he, kind of filmmaker. I think he got to do everything that he wanted and you know, you know, he's he's at peace now, I think. You think him. Yeah.
1: He still sounds like grumpy Grandpa Joe to me. Oh
2: well yeah, he will always be grumpy Grandpa Joe. But I think with this particular movie, you know, his big issue I think is that, you know, they just some of his movies didn't do quite as well at the box office as he'd want. I mean, that seems to be his his general complaint for a lot of That's things. That's an awesome by the yeah, sorry, that was an awesome deterioration. Yeah.
1: It's like shaking and it no, sloughs off.
2: Mm. Well, where's the uh, the Margaret Hamilton... Oh, here it comes. What a world! What a world!
1: I think the reason why Joe Dante's movies don't make tons of money is because, at the time, they, people just didn't know how to market anything. Yeah. And his
2: tones are so... I don't know. You can make the argument now that people still don't know how to fucking market things.
1: No, I don't know, man. I I, I, I think they do. I think now it's really easy. <laughs> all, all you need to do is... Um, that's so gross. All you need to do is uh, do a super cut of like some of the best effects and uh, big, big emotions from your leads. Mm-hmm. Cut to a slowed down version of an old pop song whether it's Guns N' Roses sweet child of mine uh no woman no cry by Bob Marley
2: that's how you huh, edit huh, a trailer now yeah
1: um you just give everybody familiarity at the time that Dante was at his peak people just didn't understand how to market his kind of zany tone
2: yeah and zany is probably the best way to describe this movie.
1: I mean, they barely knew how to market the first Gremlins. Yeah. They they marketed it by saying, like, it's mysterious. Who? What are these things? They didn't show the creatures. Yeah. You know, I think this movie bombed because they presented it as a legitimate follow-up. Yeah. Which it, it just it wasn't. It's not. You know, it's it's anything but uh, a a run of the mill sequel.
2: It's its own. Yeah, this movie is turned up to eleven.
1: It really is, man.
2: Think of Uncular.
1: In a way, Joe Dante did it absolutely right because it's this is kind of like
2: how do you? <laughs> and yeah. look who that is. uh, Oh my gosh, uh, crap, why am I brain farting on the freaking actor's name? Who was it? Uh, Oh my god.
1: Was it the dude from uh, Under the Dome, the series?
2: I never watched it, so... Was
1: it the guy, he kind of looks like uh, Greg Clark, Clark Greg, but it's not him?
2: Uh, Yeah, a little stockier. He went to Harvard, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Oh, Um, alumnus. Oh my God, why am I brain farting? Wasn't he on Breaking Bad too? I don't
1: know, I never saw an episode of Breaking Bad, Chris.
2: He also played, um, he played Benjamin Franklin in something crap. Uh, Norris, um, Norris. I don't know, man. His last name I'm is looking to Norris. see, but I'm not seeing He's anything. He's the one-eyed dude. He's in uh, Total Recall. He's the dude with the big, giant scar oh! face and stuff. Um, what's his name? I don't know
1: his name. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. All right. Um, if you know, and you're screaming at the fu- at the at your, f- oh, I'm so angry with listening device right it. now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I can't see it on, on here. But um, anyway, well, just go
2: through it. So, like his last name's Norris.
1: Oh, his last name is Norris. Yeah. Dean Norris. Dean Norris. There we go. He is the guy from uh, Under the Dome. I was right. Okay. Slither. Yeah. Or is that Clark Gregg?
2: No, I think no. Not Clark
1: Gregg. Who's the guy from Body Double? With the blonde hair. Anyway. Okay. God. Jesus.
2: No, that's Brian Thompson.
1: Jesus. No, it's Jim Caviezel.
2: It's corners
1: where life slows to a crawl. So really what Joe Dante did with this movie, because I really think that
2: this is the thing. Look at all these hazmat suits buying. It's like everybody else is just walking around, you know, stepping around. These guys are like legitimately in hazmat Look at suits. Look
1: snow. Yeah, and their snow shovels. Mm-hmm. But Dante did the ultimate mic drop with this movie. Yes, this is like an impossible act to follow. It's it's almost like you know how Toby Hooper did with Chainsaw Two. Yes, yes. This is very much like a kindred spirit to yes. that.
2: But there's a double feature, dude. Fucking Kremlins Two and Texas Chainsaw Two. Two.
1: That's a that would be a wild. Dub- well, I almost picked that for my movie tonight. I almost picked Chainsaw Two tonight. But we'll save it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I also feel like that that's could, another one that we could have a lot. Well,
1: we could it. have an episode. You know what I mean? So like, who knows? Um, I really wanted to stick with our sequel, uh, well, Chainsaw Two. Yeah. <laughs> Pasteurized
2: cheese food. glaze. Yeah, it sounds
1: great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Yes. HBO. He wants HBO and MTV. And Nick at Night? Skinamax. Mm-hmm. That guy with the mullet is having a great day on set. Look mm-hmm. at him. He's really working today.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Acting. Yeah, he is acting. God acting. damn,
1: that dude is really giving it his all.
2: Look how clenched his jaw is.
1: You know, I I never really thought about it, but like Robert Picardo is not in the first Gremlins.
2: No, he is not. Well, I think Explorers was the first time they worked together. No, The Howling. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Duh. Eddie Quist. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid me what the fuck am I thinking? I'm not thinking. But he is in Explorers, and he was also in Inner Space, which, I mean, I think that's the first time I remember, like, really, really remember seeing Robert Picardo as the cowboy, and what a fucking crazy character that is. For me, it was
1: this. um Let me ask you a question, Chris. Yes, Brandon. Robert Picardo (laughs) has this. There it goes. Well, uh uh-huh. Look at this Robert Picardo face. Thinking, thinking.
2: Eh. Why not? Chris? Yeah? Would you? How do you know I haven't already? (laughs) Because that combination of green and red, you know, two colors that I can't see. Yeah. (laughs) yeah
1: well one thing about that
2: howie mandel your favorite man oh i love howie tony randall your favorite man tony mandel
1: here's this incredible score that i hate talking over it's so good we never see what happened to the stanton twins yeah also very strange i remember as as a kid thinking how weird it was that this screen goes blue this is a pretty rare thing to see happen Raymond Cruz was that actor's name Chris Raymond Cruz okay there's Dean Norris there
0: Hmm.
2: Dean Norris Bubba yeah, Smooth Raymond Journalist Cruz the closer Frank Welker of course Kirk Thatcher Didn't realize that Kirk Thatcher uh worked on this.
1: Oh, he's in under siege, dude. Who? Dean Norris? No, um Raymond Cruz. Also The Rock. Yeah, and
2: he's also oh, in Oh, fucking Alien Resurrection. Fear and present danger, yeah.
1: And here's your collateral Other damage. Fear and
2: oh my god, fear and present. I can't think of anything. Fear man. and pleasant danger. Fear and pleasant danger. <laughs> Dude, let's, let me just check here. Am I having a stroke? <laughs> are you? I, I might be. I might be. Jesus Christ.
1: Grubless 2 gave you the stroke, and guess what? You might as well just be a Warner Brothers executive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <coughs>
1: hey, that's really your first cough of the night, like, of the recording. Not bad.
2: Um, I'm dizzy now, and my hands are... You did have numb. a stroke.
1: Do you think that the, that Warner Brothers shit their pants when they saw this movie. Probably. They were like, what have we done?
2: Well, I guess we're just going to have to release it. Source music composed and orchestrated by Alexander Courage. Original cartoon music composed and conducted by Fred Steiner, who are the two guys that did most of the music for Star Trek, the original Star Trek. But
1: also the, the, the Looney Tunes music. Yeah. Look at this Creature clues, Crew. Steve, Steve Wayne, Wang, Norman Cabrera. Stephen uh, James. Uh, Phil Notaro, Steve James. Yeah, look at these guys. God damn. Leonard,
2: yeah, I mean everybody. Look at all the Bill, Bill Corso.
1: Corso. I can't even see it so fast. There's
2: so many of them, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, this is easily about five times the size of the crew that Oh, D- had. Doug Beswick, dude. Okay. Stop motion. Yeah. Doug Beswick. There we go.
1: And then Peter Coran. All right, Doug Beswick, who did Evil Dead 2, uh, the stop motion for that. God, I'm sorry I screamed when I said Doug Beswick's name. (sighs)
2: Son of a bitch.
1: Doug Beswick is probably like, my wife doesn't even scream like that.
2: Oh, it was Slayer. Nice, dude. Oh, I was right. Yeah, you were right. gordon
1: lightfoot faith no more
2: and there's chris columbus's credit
1: i want it at the end i want my name at the end and i want to pay out of 350k
2: i mean do they actually have like a chart that they use saying okay this is the credit that you've got and this is the the cash contractual Yeah.
1: yeah absolutely absolutely you want that based on characters credit. Yeah, it's either that or an exec producer credit. That's what you want if you want to make money off of it. Yeah, Chris Gremlins Two is an anarchic. Did I say that word right? Yes, masterpiece of oh wonderful, wonderful Chuck Jones. What, was this the last thing Chuck Jones did? Probably. What a way to go! And we get this beautiful Amblin logo. Amblin. God damn, it's Gremlins Amblin. too, Joe. I, it's your ma- it's your masterpiece, dude. I'm sorry. I, thank
2: I, you, Joe. Thank, thank you. you for giving this gift to the world. I know that you
1: are probably mortified to think that you, on your tombstone it's going to say director of Gremlins. I know you. I get it. I understand. I understand. But what you don't realize, Mr. Dante, what you're not putting together is the joy that it has brought so many people. And it's not the gremlins that are overshadowing you. The gremlins do not overshadow you. Your style, your directorial uh, efforts... You're eve. You are a wonderful director, Joe Dante is wonderful. He is. I really loved watching this tonight. Yeah, me too. It was it was tough to not. I really had to work to like
2: talk talk while we we're watching. Well, it, we you had know? to. I mean, in order to keep up with the fucking movie, too, yeah, it is kind of exhausting. It's like it's a long way. <laughs> in the runtime there is so much that is just There's a lot there. shoved into the runtime and i don't even want to say shoved because honestly it's almost like you know a master chef you know kind of plating the dish where he's using like forceps to like you know put a fucking violet blossom you know everything is everything <laughs> Jesus, is in dude. there
1: <laughs> well i would watch a 6 hour gremlins movie i really would i would
2: watch like and you're mr like you know give me a 75 minute runtime yeah no shit i don't i
1: don't fuck around with the (laughs) long runtimes. but this i would watch six hours of gremlins as long as joe as long as joe
2: dante did it yes yeah
1: hey while we're here by the way don't it would be wonderful if you guys would uh go on to apple podcasts or spotify uh rate and review the show it would be incredible it would be really wonderful for us or shoot us an email Oh, my God, please, deadcitydrivein at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. We love talking to all of you. We we love the community. It would be awesome. Um, So keep it up, guys. Uh, And uh, uh, also, uh, don't forget to...
2: uh, <laughs> to like and subscribe. Did we already say that? Okay. I, yeah.
1: I was trying to say something. And I was like, it's going to be snarky, and yeah. I don't want to do it. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Gremlins two. Chris, so much fun. Love My watching pool. movies with you, bud.
2: Yeah, it's it's sweet. I I like it when we can cozy up together inside the Plymouth Fury.
1: Even if you are getting over being sick, yeah. it's okay. It's I'll okay. let you cough all over me. Ah! Oh, my ah. God. Ah. Look at all that stuff. that can, You look like Dick Miller's chest yeah, after a like gremlin. Say, no,
2: dude, these are more like oysters.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where's that cocktail sauce?
1: <laughs> you need a lemon? Yeah, that'd dude, be great. Thanks, man. All right, this is another episode of Dead City Drive-In. Thank you so
2: much. I, once again, I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And remember, at this drive-in, if the cars are rocking, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's fucking. It's probably somebody getting mutilated by a gremlin you never can tell it just might be a gremlin in your house
1: for more dead city Drive-In content head over to patreon.com slash dead city to get episodes ad-free monthly bonus episodes and feature-length commentaries chosen by you the dead city denizens that's patreon.com
2: slash dead city want to have words with the management email us at deadcitydrivein at gmail.com And hey, why not rate and review Dead City Drive-In on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and splatter just the right amount of slime and sleaze onto our mutant-friendly drive-in screen.
1: Dead City Drive-In. Under 17, not admitted without parent.